I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I know you probably haven't heard this voice in a while if you're a regular listener, but we're back this week. Uh, I apologize for the most recent delays. Those are my fault. But I am joined here this evening with Ryan Murphy. Hey. How's Canada? How's Canada? Good. Um, it's uh, We're celebrating our 150th anniversary from Confederation. Happy Canada 150, everybody. Go Canada, go um that's sort of been my mindset these last few weeks so yeah i think we're both celebrating a a, a big event you had uh, independence uh, day yesterday yeah yeah we did there was lots of fireworks Mm -hmm. some houses in my neighborhood burned down what improperly yeah improper use of fireworks some houses burned down the next town over is it um is it a thing for you guys to do fireworks yourself because i know here in canada like some people do take fireworks into their own hands but for the most part people just go to the fireworks. The state of Maine is weird. Uh, we used to ban fireworks unless mm-hmm. you were properly licensed. And then about five years ago, yeah, somewhere between three and five years ago, they passed a law that repealed that ban. And since then, every 4th of July, it's like, oh, these 27 houses burned down because some idiot was playing with fireworks. And you're like, that's. This is why they were banned. You guys are all into repealing and replacing, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, fireworks. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what we've been we've been dealing with. It's just a lot of loud noises that somewhat sound like gunfire and uh, scares everybody, including your dogs. Almost permanently. I was going to say, dogs, dogs must hate it. Dogs really do. Um, there are PSAs out there of please don't bring your pets to fireworks. They hate it and it will scar them for life. So yeah. something to keep in mind. Bob isn't here, unfortunately, working. Um, hopefully we'll have him back next week. But I- I'm excited that uh, we're finally, finally going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. We're going to talk about, I think, primarily maybe the first two episodes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you are all caught all caught up, I am caught up for everything but this week, but we won't be talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I should also note that I waited until this weekend to watch it all because everybody kept saying, oh, it's good. It's really good. This season's way better. And I, oh, kept, no. going, and I kept going, it can't. This show sucks. It can't get good. How can it get good now? It sucked. And everybody's right. This season's pretty good. Oh, thank God. I oh, think, I was holding they, my breath there. They, they, uh, we'll talk, probably talk about it next week. There's a couple of episodes where I was kind of like, "Uh huh." Yeah, I can. I can. It, it's okay. Actually, it's the first great. two, which we'll talk about, but like I think that, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. There are some moments and there are some episodes, but I think what they're setting up is actually, uh, and and we won't even get to that this week. But I, I feel like we could easily. Uh, look at this season and I'm looking at the the list of episodes for season 3 now there are 16 but they split it into two halves like they have with 
with The Walking Dead, but they've actually bundled the last two episodes. So by the time we record uh, again, all the first half of the season will be done, and we'll be able to do a full breakdown. So that's probably what we're going to end up doing next episode with when Bob returns, is going through all Fear the Walking Dead season three's first half, um, because they're doing another doubleheader, which is... They never do that with Walking Dead. Why do they do that with Fear the Walking Dead? Sorry, I, I was loading up our news articles for our next segment, and I got a bunch of autoplays. God, I hate that. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah. But. But, anyway, saying that, we should move on mm-hmm. to the news. Yeah. Lots of, so, lots of, not, not a lot of news, eh? We've, I've, you know, we've been trying to prep for this episode for a couple weeks now, and. Not a lot of news. <laughs> Not a lot of news, but I think one of our headlines here is is very interesting. Um, came out today. Uh, Vanity Fair interviewed uh, George Romero. Uh, actually, no, it was IndieWire. It's Vanity Fair is reporting the IndieWire article where they interviewed George Romero about uh, making zombie movies, and he's talking about how he's been trying to pitch movies for the last few years, but nobody will finance him. And whenever he pitches them, they refer to, yeah, Brad Pitt did that movie and he made it with $400 million. We're not giving you $400 million. Mm. That's, you know, that's a really good point when you think about it. Um, in that, but you would, you would just think that George A. Romero would just get handed money to make a zombie film because his well, name alone will get people out to the theater. I don't think it does. No? I don't. Um... Land of the Dead did okay. It broke even. Uh, Diary of the Dead was a straight-to-video... Uh, uh, uh. Diary of the Dead's not awful, but it's not great either. Um, and then we saw Survival of the Dead for this show, and that's a, that's a train wreck. Oh, yeah. Well, it's bad. I, I, I it, realize it's just that. It's just bad. But I, I think... I think he wants to sell them something and they're not interested in what he has to sell they want a walking dead they want a big budget action movie with zombies and he's like no no i'm gonna do this poignant get some action but it's gonna be drama and they're like no you're boring george we want action yeah and i think that that's they're like is it gonna have 150,000 zombies on screen that we have to blow up with a rocket launcher? No. Then we're not interested. Yeah. This this article kind of reiterates a lot of the quotes that we've had from George Romero as we've done this show over the last few years in that he holds a resentment towards these big budget zombie projects and like you said for the reasonings you said and also just I think he's he's just a little, you know, frustrated in that he can't go out and make his zombie movie because other people have taken the genre and ran with it and made much more entertaining much more successful products in my opinion um but this article also talks about his next project road of the dead which we talked about in previous episodes and it sounds like garbage yeah (laughs) it really does like i I love romero i've watched all of his movies a billion times except maybe survival of the dead but Man, I don't want to watch Road of the Dead. I don't want to watch a movie about zombies learning how to drive. <laughs> it's almost a parody of itself, you know, at that point. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I, it's weird how he says he, he 
he sells his movies based on zombies and then hides a message into it. What's the message behind Road of the Dead? Just a it's Fast and the Furious but with zombies. It's like that's that's just cash cowing, uh, you know, going and cashing in on the fact that you know Fast and the Furious is very popular. Uh, this just feels like he's complaining on one hand about Hollywoodizing his his um, his precious zombie genre, but then he goes and does it anyways. Um, but he's trying to try to secure financing at a film festival or something. This movie isn't even... I don't think it's made, but he's no, trying to pitch it. He's, try, he's trying to pitch it. And he's good, He's up in Canada right now pitching it at the Montreal Film International Film Festival. Oh, well, there you go. If we have any listeners in Montreal, please go to him and tell him. Good Stop luck. making movies. Oh, well, okay. We're in Canada. You have to be nice. Uh, in all honesty, um, my, my gripe with Romero is I think... He, I think he has interesting ideas. I think he needs somebody to keep him in check. Maybe make him a producer on some stuff. Stop mm. making him direct things. He needs you know? to be, yeah, a producer. He needs a writer. He needs yeah. a director. And I feel like, I feel like George A. Romero would make a very good story consultant and producer on some amazing projects like the Resident Evil reboot. Put him back on that. Keep him very far away from the cameras, actors, casting, everything, except for the fact that he is sort of producing the product, uh, the story, right. stuff like that. And he can tell a, t- tell a story. He's done other things besides, uh, besides zombie-related stuff. I mean, there's a, there's a movie called... Uh, I want to say it's called Bruiser... But it's not. It's something with a B. Uh, it's like Brawler or Bruiser or... Ballerina. Something. No, it, it, oh. it's something... It, 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 and it's a guy wakes up with a mask and realizes that people can't see his face anymore. And he goes on a killing spree. And there's like a... It's like a horror movie with a political plot. A, uh, like a, a political commentary to it. It's really weird. Oh, let's but do a you, little live Googling here. Uh, it, yeah, I'm not... He He directed it? Hold on. Somebody, oh, Bruiser. You're right. Bruiser. It, bruiser. Okay. And, you know, he has potential with that. Bef- before his zombie movies were really popular, in the 70s, he did a movie with, um, it's called, like, The Knights of Something or Other, and it's about a bunch of people that do, uh, like, uh, medieval reenactments, but instead of riding horses, the knights drive, like, dirt bikes and motorcycles and joust. And uh, and Stephen King even has a cameo in it. Like he's done some weird stuff that like you 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 can't help but enjoy watching, even if it's not the greatest thing. So I mean, in the seventies and eighties, he was really popular. But as the as the nineties approached and the early two thousands, his pop his ability to direct films I think has changed with the technology we have now. Yeah. He still wants to make the films he was making back in the 70s and 80s and that's not what hollywood wants yeah no definitely not i mean um i think george romero still has his place in the zombie genre he just needs to kind of figure out a way to not appear so crotchety and upset whenever he does an interview because i feel like the the article i actually did a double take when i posted the article in there it's like we talked about this before this exact quote yeah but the interview is more recent so you're like oh okay it's uh, it's weird. 
I, I really don't understand where he's coming from and he's getting these people to talk to him and he finally wrangles another interview and he goes off again on this like oh the walking dead's the worst do you guys watch that show it's terrible i don't yep. think i don't actually know what he sounds like but that's my impression but that's, he sounds like he sounds like uh stanley you silly people you oh really yeah <laughs> looks like stanley it sounds like him too it's 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 a funny thing though if if you know you know everybody dies but when one of them dies you have the perfect stand-in for all the cameos in the Marvel uh-huh. movies. It's just yep. put a little makeup on George Romero and get him out there. Excelsior, mm-hmm. Spider Man. I don't know. But so what do we where do we stand on Romero? Do you want to see Road of the Dead? Yeah, I want to see it. And I feel like when it comes out, we have to watch it and do a uh, some sort of thing with it. Write it down. I, episode as, whatever as, this is. As much as I as much as I uh I I kind of don't want to see it, I'll see it. I'll see it. So It's George A. That, Romero. Come on, come on. He's coming back. Yeah. Have to watch it. So, that leads us into our next uh, our next uh news topic. Um have you heard of the zombie autopsies? No, I've never heard of this. So this okay. is I'm interested. Okay. This though. was this was new to me. Apparently there is a book out called The Zombie Autopsy: Secret Notes from the from the Apocalypse. And the guy that wrote it, uh he's had they've had the rights picked up and they're going to do a series of VR films about zombie autopsies. Zombie aut- now what what would a zombie autopsy be? Like that to- Here's the pre- I'll I'll read you the premise here from this this press headline. As the Walking Dead rise up throughout the world, a few brave doctors attempt to find a cure by applying forensic techniques to captured zombies. On a remote island, a crack medical team has been sent to explore radical theories that could uncover a cure to the epidemic. Hmm. Sound it sounds interesting. I think that you know, this seems more like a headline for like VR. You know, they're doing something it, in it, VR. It, in fact, I didn't even realize it was a book until I clicked this headline. I was like, "Oh, zombie, the uh, zombie autopsies, virtual reality miniseries." I was like, "Cool, that, that we're gonna get to watch people cutting up zombies in VR. That's an interesting idea. I didn't think VR would go in." And then it, the first thing it goes, "Oh, have you read this book?" And I'm like, "Book? What are you talking about?" So, I mean, it's definitely added something to my my Amazon wish list for something to read. Mm-hmm. Though I don't know if I don't. Do you have VR, Ryan? I have access to an Oculus Rift, and uh, it's it's neat. It's definitely something that um, works better when you don't have to buy the technology, but you can rent it whenever you want, or try it, or experience it. Uh, it's something that I truly believe. So I work. Um, I work for, uh, you know, a place that has a visitor center, sort of a museum type thing. And we set up this VR technology where you can put on the Oculus Rift and experience something that uh, you may or may not get to experience um, depending on your, your, your level of expertise and stuff and put you in places where you definitely can't go because it's either unsafe or it's just only accessible by, by certain people. So mm-hmm. VR is something that I think is best experienced in a, in a setting – where you don't actually own the technology, you're just you're borrowing it or experiencing it for for a moment. So 
this sort of experience sounds like it would fit in that line where you could go to a video game bar of some kind, put on a headset and and play one of these mini series for for zombie autopsies. I don't think it's something that you would go out and buy just to play this one little thing, right? No, and I in all honesty, I have issues with VR in general. So as much as I appreciate what the what it's what it does, it won't work for me that well. So um so as curious as I am to, about this, I'll be curious what someone like you who has who has access to VR thinks of it. Yeah, no, I I, I like the idea of trying more VR stuff. Um, it's something that really uh, interests me as as sort of a way to push video games forward. And and I I honestly actually coming back to the the very start of this, I don't know if I would want to play something like this in VR, like. VR to me is experiencing cool stuff, not scaring me or making me shit my pants. Like I, I probably wouldn't want to try this because I feel like it would just be too gross. Like that, and that's the thing. If if this is just a gross out matter or a scare matter, then I'm not interested. Um, because they could do something interesting where they're not just trying to scare you, not just trying to gross you out. They're trying to give you an experience that is exciting or adventurous. You know. Um, mm-hmm. But this sounds like it'd be a gross out one. I mean, it's literally zombie autopsy, so I'm pretty sure it'd be gross. Yeah, it, 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 it's probably going to be gross, and um, um, I think it's it, it's it's something I definitely would rather see a film of. I just don't know if I want to see it in VR. Yeah, I agree. I, I it's interesting that they're giving it a VR treatment. Um, but I need to see more before I kind of get on board. And with that, Ryan, mm-hmm. should we get into our main topic? Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a long time coming. Let's talk about it. When we last left our heroes from Fear the Walking Dead, <laughs> uh, they were ambushed on the border, and it looked like Border Patrol was coming to take them away. Yeah. Uh, people people got shot. Uh, people got kidnapped. And within five seconds of the beginning of this episode, we start seeing the results of that. Yeah. And in all honesty, it went better than I thought it was going to. Yeah, because they set it up like that you think it's border control because – and then it turns out it, it really isn't. It's a, it's a group of – well, in the first two episodes, it's, it's – they're, you think this? You still think they're military? You in the think first they're year. yeah, U.S. Army or something? But there's something off about them, and that they don't feel quite as organized as you would assume. And I honestly thought in the first episode, I was like, "Great, they're doing another crazy military person." You know, uh, the military is crazy. The military can't keep it together for the for very long, so they're crazy, right. all right. And that to me kind of put me in a dour mood for this episode. I was like, I was like, oh, great. This isn't good. What's happening here? Um, and it, it quickly escalates to they're still idiots. They're still assholes. But it's not the army, which actually saved it a little bit for me. Yeah. And um, and uh, one of the guys convinces Travis that, uh, and, and Nick to try and like help him escape. And he gets killed. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that actor, that actor has been in stuff and usually plays a jerk. And I'm like, yep, he's going to die soon. 
And lo and behold, by the end of the episode, he dies. He kind of <laughs> looked like the guy from Fear the Walking Dead Passages who got stabbed in the gut or something. I can't remember, but kind of looked like him, but I don't think he was. I could tell you because I didn't watch Passages. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't blame you. Um, but it's uh, the first episode, I think, is probably the weakest in that it... It, it definitely is the weakest. I, it feels to me like what they did was they threw them at this... It feels like they set up the Border Patrol thing, mm-hmm. and then they didn't know what to do with it for the beginning of this season. Well, it feels like they had this idea to do tensions between you know Mexico and the States, and we thought it was going to be kind of political. Um, and it turns out they they dropped that potato. They dropped that. They yeah. They dropped that that potato faster than uh, like by the third episode of the season. It's like that's not even an issue anymore now you know not to not to jump ahead two episodes we're not going to discuss but i will say they pick up a much more interesting hot potato uh later on in the episodes which i think is a is a more interesting political situation that that often gets um you know brushed under the the carpet both here in in canada as well as in the states. so it's really interesting that they're tackling that and not the far you know, easier, roll your eyes, Mexico, U.S. border, especially with what's happened with uh, Trump and the wall and all that fun shit. Um, so they drop the hot potato that is border control, and it's just, it's two brothers. So you have you have um, Troy, Troy, who is the crazy guy. Crazy one. Um, a little unhinged. What they're doing is he and his merry band of misfits are... Uh, capturing people, real real life people who they don't know or care about, and killing them, uh, yeah. putting a the, bullet in their head and timing them. Yeah, well, no, they're stabbing them and killing them, and then counting oh. how long it takes for them to change. "Quote unquote" research. Yeah, yeah, and uh, before his lovely brother shows up, uh, who is by the name of what's his name? Owen? It's it's not Owen. Jake. Jake? Is it Jake? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's Jake. Yeah, Jake. So before he shows up, uh, uh, Travis and Nick and uh, Luciana, they are reunited as captives. Um, and Travis is still got that, like, you know, clear eyes look. He He's checked out. He's lost both his kids. Or he's lost his kid. He's lost his, his uh, ex-wife. Um, he still has his girlfriend and... and, and her kids but he's he's checked out you can tell he's lost his madison is his wife at this point dude not his girlfriend the other lady was his ex-wife oh did they get married him and madison i thought they were just they they, they were married when they begin when the show began the the other lady is his ex-wife i thought they were just dating no okay well that's my mistake so he uh he is he has lost the will to live for some reason even though he still has his his wife um i mean he he lost his kid yeah yeah, so I shouldn't really <laughs> have a child. I shouldn't really say that out loud. That makes me sound terrible. But he's pretty much checked out. So he um, he basically orchestrates this this escape with with uh, you know another uh, another person. And this episode kind of dwindles as it sets up this. They set and set everybody out in different directions, and they all and then, like fan out and then come back. Yeah. Um, and and the the things that happen during that fanning out are kind of you know boring you know uh yeah you know, madison like, attacks troy uh, uh nick and luciana get go into some tunnels and let a bunch of zombies into the wall um 
Travis gets the, the most interesting thing is Travis gets thrown into a pit and he has to like Mad Max his way out and survive. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which it, we'll come back to that. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, overall, I feel like this episode set up a bunch of stuff from the from the, the, the premiere. But after I finished watching this episode, I was like, everybody's telling me this is better. This isn't better. No. It's, it's, it, this is, it's better, but it's more of like, oh, this show is okay now. It's not good. It's not great. It's okay. And then, lo and behold, you get to the second episode, and uh, the second episode goes batshit crazy right off the bat. No, like, it gets worse. Uh, I feel like the second episode was was bad uh, as well. Oh, see? See? I I got into the second episode and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm actually excited for this now." Well, yeah, no, I mean, I was it, it was better than the first episode, but it still felt like you said an okay show, not a great one. Um, oh, and, and so, so at the end of our last episode, Madison, Nick, Alicia, they're all leaving to go back with these soldiers back to wherever their compound is, mm-hmm. and some of them are in helicopters, some of them are in trucks. And uh, right off the bat, Travis gets shot in the throat in the beginning of the episode. And yeah. you go, oh, you go, oh, they're not going to kill Travis. And then Travis goes, hey, I love you. Take care of your mother. And steps off the train, a helicopter and jumps <laughs> off to his death. And you're like, you're like, oh, well, damn. Did you feel like that was poorly acted? Uh, it felt I very I, like I, I mean he was dying. He got shot in the neck and the stomach. You know, so can I be honest with you? What my take on that was? Sure. What was your take? Your hot take? My my hot take was is he was supposed to be in every episode for this whole season, and he got the call about being in <laughs> in in in, in uh, uh, what's the uh, what's Avatar? That? Avatar. <laughs> he got the call about being in Avatar, and he said to his agent, "Quick, get me out of this piece of this train wreck before it kills my career." Peace. I'm out. <laughs> he just falls out of the helicopter. No, and so they—it's uh, th- literally what it felt like because they line him up in the last episode to be a badass. Yeah, and then they just like, and they don't even kill him in like in like a heroic way. Even regular Walking Dead, somebody who just did what he did would go out heroically, and he's like, "No, I'm dead, man. I gotta jump off this helicopter so I don't kill people I love." And you're like, "That's a w- interesting way to start an episode." I don't know if it's how, I don't know how I feel about it, but okay, cool. Travis is dead now. Now we don't have to ever think about Chris ever again. But I like Travis. He was one of my favorite characters of the show, and when they killed him off in that fashion, I was kind of like, "Really, guys? Really?" Um, I my gut reaction was basically I felt like he he had checked out, and it was kind of like. Yeah. that avatar money though and he just he he i must go home to my home planet zip, 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 and that uh, was it I, I, there was there were interviews at the time of this episode coming out that i had read because i knew i knew about the death before i saw it yeah and they interviewed a couple i i want to say i want to say it was greg nicotello or the, the one of the showrunners and he said that they felt that travis's story was complete yeah, and they wanted to find an interesting way to kill him off, and that was why they did it. But I have a funny feeling that it was there's more to it than that. But, but that's fine. That's just me doing being spe- speculating. But so, in the meantime, 
we get more strand in this episode where I think we as 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 a group were curious if Strand would be returning this season because he sent Madison and all of them off and stayed behind at the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And so so the fact that we got more Strand this season, I was excited. Yeah, and then this is where and I think you're right, where maybe I was I was foolish to say that this episode was bad because it it, it gets better as it goes. It brings Strand back, you get reintroduced to the hotel um and and the fact that strand has said hey i'm a doctor everyone come in and and he was managing a situation but not in the best way uh yeah. but but he this episode does progress and and give you a, a a much needed look at strand's character as he's been left in this hotel on his own without the other survivors and and and, and you also get to realize that strand is not a badass he's no. kind of He's a con man. He's a lucky asshole is what he is. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and you, that is more apparent as this season goes on. And this show, you know, does start to punish him for being a lucky asshole uh, as it goes forward, onward and onward in each episode. And in this one specifically, it's like, yeah, you managed a bunch of gate crashers, but you also, you know, let a bunch of people in when we don't have enough food to feed them. So you need to leave like right now. Yeah. Even though he successfully delivered a baby, sewed a bunch of people up, you know, treated them medically, like he did a good job doctor-wise, but right. the people were still like, you need to go because you, you, you did a bad thing and we don't want you here anymore. Um, and, and, and it I brings back that, a they, wife I, lady. I, think, I was going to say, I think it has more to do with not just him treating patients and letting people in. I think the the the... the the group that was running the hotel, I think they still resented him for being with Madison and and Nick and all of that and Alicia and all them. I think that they still hold him accountable for Madison's reaction last season where she killed was, the guy. There was some shit that went down. Alicia killed someone. You yeah. said Madison killed someone as well? Yeah, and Travis killed somebody. Yeah, there was some killing going on, and, and they they let they sent a bunch of people out those gates except for Strand. But I think that yeah, coming back to Strand, it was a, it was a good uh, it was a nice addition to this episode. And honestly, yeah, set some fears aside where we thought, okay, we're not going to see Strand anymore because they've split our characters up, and that's fine. So I was I was happy with Strand's character, and we got to see. What started um, season two or part of season two, which w- with the wedding at the hotel, they brought back, um, you know, the mother mom. of the bride or mother-in-law yeah. or whatever. And she's basically given up and they sent Strand in one last time to either put her out of her misery or get her to eat. Um, yeah. Ended up getting her to commit suicide, but... Uh, well, and, and the weird part was, is if you listen to that conversation, I can see where you can take what she was saying as I'm going to kill myself. But Strand also thinks he's resolved the situation. If you listen to it, listen to it from a different perspective, it does sound like she's like, okay, I'm going to eat. But the, but what she's not referencing is that she's going to eat. She's referencing, she's going to jump. And you're like, like at first I was like, well, she sounds like she's going to eat. And then when she steps up on the balcony, I was like, Oh, that wasn't, she wasn't talking about food. (laughs) <laughs> no, she's talking about concrete. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting like throwback to the past season to to kind of wrap that 
you know, storyline up. And, and that this episode um, ends with basically Strand getting in a car that was given to him by the mother-in-law and, and driving off into the sunset. We don't know where to where he's to going, where? but we know he's left. Um, that basically sums up Strand's involvement in this episode. But the the thing that really gets me in this episode and what I really, really wanted to talk to you about is that we're introduced to preppers in the Walking Dead universe. Um, yeah. As they get to Broke Jaw Ranch and, you know, Travis is dead. They and... realize that these guys aren't military. They're preppers. Exactly. Which makes makes the first episode a lot better. Yeah. Because you have, you don't have the army being crazy. You just have one guy who's crazy, who has a bunch of followers that think what he's doing is okay. And it's it, it sets up a relationship between a father and his two sons and the, and the two sons actually having you know, a push and pull relationship as well. And there's some really interesting mechanics where, um, you know, Luciana is, is basically dying on the ground and they refuse to help her in which Nick grabs a gun and points it at Jeremiah or whatever and says like, you need to help her. Um, it's just, it sets up this interesting dynamic and, 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 and yeah. also you, there's a dynamic you see where you see that Troy is unhinged and you're worried that Jeremiah, his father, is going to be just as unhinged as he is. But you get this vibe from the way Jeremiah handles the situation that Jeremiah doesn't know what he's doing either. And he might not have the biases his son has. Yeah. And they do a good job of, like, you don't know where Jeremiah is going to fall. But Jeremiah seems to kind of make the decision that you as a viewer is hoping he's going to make. And that seems... Without spoiling what happens in some later episodes, he seems to kind of do that in every episode. Yeah, he he's not your typical... Like, this is the great part about this season and wh- where they've really turned things around. They're writing characters that are predictable in a way that you wouldn't want you you would want people to react like man yeah that guy is actually reasonable and he's reacting in a way that is very reasonable which is so unlike the walking dead um and and the other thing i want to say is is troy as a character he's kind of unhinged and he's kind of whacked but as the episodes progress beyond this point you begin to understand why he is the way he is Mm mm-hmm which is something you don't normally get in Walking Dead. Uh, you don't get the. You just get to see the crazy. You don't see how they get to crazy. And uh, not only that, you also get the distinct impression that Jeremiah is like one step from shooting Troy himself. Like the, the, he has a conversation with Madison, and it's kind of like, in other words, yeah, he's my kid. Like, like I'm doing the best I can. It's kind of his. It, I, it, 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 the way his dialogue is written, it sounds almost like it's like, yeah, the kid hasn't made me have to shoot him yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and, and, and you get the distinct impression that, like, you know, he's ready to do it if he has to. Yeah, because he's created and, this monster kind of thing. Right. And that's I think that's what this episode sets up. And, it, and it's not, you know, they are a, an organization of preppers, but they're not culty. You know, they're not as culty as you would think this show well, would write them to be. Well, and there's there's another interesting dynamic that d- happens in a later episode. But you get the distinct impression that maybe these people are religious crazies too. Yeah. But but in a future episode, you're you're led to believe that 
maybe they're not as religious crazy as you think they are. Yeah, I'm just going to say Bible study, and you can hear me quoting. So Yeah, yeah. It, it, again, this 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 season has just, and that's why I was, uh, I was you know, it's taken us a month to talk about this, but it, I wanted to talk. I wanted all of us to be here to talk about it because it is nice to see this show get its legs and actually start. And, you know, when you really look at The Walking Dead, Man, that show had some rough edges in the first couple seasons. I will, I will openly admit, I watched the first five episodes back to back to back to back. Wow. And then I got to what would be episode six, and I was like, I've had enough zombies for today. Five hours of <laughs> five hours of, zo- of zombie TV, and I need to take a break. Yeah, and there's um, there's just there's some great stuff coming up in, in the episodes that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, in future weeks and, you, you know, character moments, uh, you know, actual villains being revealed, uh, tensions I, you know, being drawn. You know, it's just amazing. I, I, I will say that I will spoil this. I was kind of surprised to see who the villains were. Yeah. And I and, and when you hear their motivation, you kind of want to be sympathetic to them. And I'm sure we're going to probably get more of that uh more of that as the as it all goes on but uh sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but no i I, i'm curious to see where we're gonna go but i was led to believe that the the, our villains this season might just be jerks yeah like like they, they they nothing they said motivated me as to why they were doing it except that this was our land, basically. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like, it's like, really, you don't want to work with these people. But but this is the thing, and that's why it's such an interesting dynamic to 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 me right. to look at because it is this political, and we'll have this deeper conversation. And I have a friend actually who who's very into both aspects of the, the political side of this as well as the zombie genre. And it might be worth getting him to, <laughs> he would probably just laugh and tell me to screw off. But uh, I feel like him watching this episode, I would love to get his take on it. Because this poli- this type of political drama, uh, political you know uh, situation is not highlighted in pop culture. It just no. isn't. Um, and in, I think. All, in, in all honesty, when that, when that, when our villains got revealed, I was like. Well, that's not what I was expecting. No, exactly. You were, you know, my assumption was that they were going to continue the Mexican cartel bullshit from yeah. season two, and they dropped it like a hot potato. And I am so thankful for that. And well, they kind of dropped it like a hot potato. Uh, we'll talk about Strand in the Strand's adventures oh, later. <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah, yeah, we will. Um, but no, I, I'm just. I'm I'm excited that this is good television because the whole premise of a of a Walking Dead spinoff was that Lou Bob we're gonna have Walking Dead content, good solid zombie content to watch every week, all year round. Um, and I'll I think take it now. Yeah, exactly. I think and, and I'm so glad that they announced a season four. We were so you know pessimistic when they announced a season four. We we're like, really, guys, really. Um, and now I want to see w- this show continue because. Even though we lost Travis in the in these first two episodes, like maybe maybe he did get the Avatar call, but maybe the the showrunners are right. Like his t- 
to tell a good story with that character, it's run his, he's run his time. And you kind of see that and feel that in the first first episode that you you feel like okay, I don't I don't maybe Travis needs to go because this isn't interesting. He's just punching zombies. Like it's only good for one go round. You you can't do that again. It'll just be boring. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's the issue that people have with Rick is that they, you have to run him through different things or else he's just Rick and it's boring. You know, and I think right. some of the weaker seasons are where he's not being challenged and he's just he's just super Rick, you know, as opposed to in the in the in the current season we just had where he went through a whole range of of emotions and and you know, uh, struggles. So maybe Travis needed to to go. And I'm fine with that because as you go forward in these episodes, you don't miss them. Um, Madison, you know, grieves, which is which was in, in, interesting to see her character go through that, uh, and she starts to develop a really weird relationship with Troy, like almost a motherly figure type thing. That's very weird. weird. That that's very weird, but I can see where that's going. She's she's trying, like she's very much become this chameleon in this in this series. Where she is pr- protecting her family by any means necessary, even if it means kind of being a little creepy and being a little touchy feely um, from a motherly standpoint. But yeah, I- I'm just I'm digging where this this season is going, and there's some surprises that we're going to discuss next week. I cannot wait to discuss them because they're some of my favorite in all of The Walking Dead. Um, but yeah, I just I'm excited. I'm excited this show is good. Um, I, I think I've watched... Um, I feel like for some reason I missed the last 10 minutes of episode 5. Uh, like they reveal the villains. I remember the villains being revealed. Is that episode 5? Uh, I think that was episode 4. Oh, okay. Then I am behind by a couple weeks then. So I need to catch up. It might be... Uh... Yeah, I think it's episode... Uh, the. Uh episode four and i think episode five is them getting going back to their camp without any weapons oh yeah then i am definitely a week behind hmm. okay well i i do need to catch up i enjoyed the first three four episodes so more please i, I will continue yeah. to watch this so ryan mm-hmm. i think that's a show yeah i'm 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 so glad that we've finally been able to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. I apologize to everybody for us being a month behind, but whew, it's been busy. Been, it's been busy. There's been work. There's been family obligations. Uh, we've we've all been kind of busy. It, it happens in the summer months. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Summer. I forgot yeah. how busy. You always forget how busy summer is until it hits you in the face. Like, yeah. I am so looking forward to August because August is like that lull period where there's not a lot of personal commitments going on but it's also like you have the perfect excuse i'll have an eighth month uh pregnant wife ashley's you know uh, gonna have a second child end of august so like august is like that perfect medium where i can say like now nah, we're not going anywhere you do know ashley's eight months pregnant now she could she could do anything when she's pregnant because really she's a superwoman but uh we're just gonna use it as an excuse to stay in and relax because we're gonna uh, I, 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 I want you to know you said this on a recording mm-hmm. so expect family and friends to now play this and tell you shut up you're gonna go do what i want you to do <laughs> no one no no one in my family listens to this they, i'm sure they, i'm 
fairly sure. <laughs> fairly sure. Sorry. Yeah, you know, somebody's going to surprise you. Uh, probably. And this is a good way to figure out if we have any moles. But I think that, like, yeah, August needs to be a quiet time. So if I do have people listening that are expecting me to do things, guys, August is quiet time. Let us have our quiet time. Lou, you get quiet time. Bob, you get quiet time if you're listening. He usually listens when he misses an episode. August, quiet time, 2017. <laughs> so, with all that, Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners where you can find us? Sure. If you believe in the truth that is August, quiet time, 2017, go to patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast and support the show. This is the best way to give back to the show. Support it. It goes right back into making this show great. We thank the patrons every episode. Thank you to our most dedicated fans who go to patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. You can also go to zombies ate my finding old episodes, even going back to episode one. We don't recommend it, but we do often warn you about it. Email us info at zombies ate my Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus. Let us know what you think about Fear of the Walking Dead and its recent being goodness. So uh yeah, or reach out to us personally on Twitter, myself at R Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob at Bobert F. Finally a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the amazing artwork. You can see more of his stuff over at joelduggan.com. So Ryan, mm-hmm. I think we're done. Do you yep. have any last words for our listeners? Um Quiet time. August. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast. We, it will be quiet time in August, but we'll still do a show. I don't know what we'll talk about, but we'll figure that out in August. So, yeah. Oh, I'm sure by that point I'll 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 have played uh, Walking Dead uh, Telltale season three and finished. Oh, I completely it. forgot about that. So yeah, thank you for reminding me. We should totally talk about <laughs> the Walking Dead new frontier but uh yeah i'm i'm super stoked that we were able to talk about this stuff and we will be back next week hopefully with a full crew and we'll probably talk about four episodes of fear the walking dead kind of excited yeah me too all right good night everybody